Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Proverbs, the fourth chapter. And let's start in verse number 20. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Now, last Wednesday night, I talked about uh, the, the importance of, your, of you speaking the word of God, getting the word of God in you and speaking it over yourself, declaring God's word over yourself. And I did that in connection with teaching on Sundays about our confession and the confession of faith. And when in the 1970s, when I heard first heard uh, teaching on the confession of faith, uh, this message of, of faith in God, the God kind of faith and confession really caught, caught on uh, in the body of Christ, at least in, in, in full gospel circles, Pentecostal, mostly charismatic circles. And uh, people began to develop confessions that they would write down and they would have a list of confessions that they would make about themselves every day. And they were based on the word largely, mostly. And uh, people started copying these confessions and distributing them and sharing them with other people. And what developed was a... Uh, uh, kind of a weird situation where people would, would spend uh, a certain amount of, t- amount of time every day going over their confessions. Now, I've got, you know, I have scripture sheets that I feed on and I speak over myself on a regular basis. And this particular set is, uh, let's see, eight pages and then a couple of more pages, uh, so 10 pages total, and people would have 10 or 15 pages of confessions, things that they would say uh, about themselves based on the Word of God. F- to give you an example, I am the righteousness of God. Uh, you know, I can do all things uh, through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. Well, those are examples of scriptural confessions. But then they would add to those things, you know, that uh, uh, they, would, they would flesh it out, so to speak, if you know what I mean by that. And people would, would spend a lot of their time in their confessions more, and, and, and they, they spent more time with their confessions that they had developed from the Word but weren't really the Word of God than they actually did with the Word of God. And for some reason, that just never set well with me. People, it was very, there was, when we were in Bible school, there was a a couple 
that we had recently met in Jacksonville just before we went to, just a few weeks before we went, uh, moved to Tulsa. And, uh, and they had been accepted for the same school term that I had. And so they, we met and we kind of shared, you know, moving our furniture and different things out there. So we got out there. And this particular lady would go through her confessions every day and she would have her children uh, spend, you know, 30 minutes to an hour every day uh, going over their confessions, you know, saying all these things that, that they believed. And for some reason, it just didn't set right with me. It seemed like it was uh, forced and it seemed... Uh, 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 it was sincere, but it didn't seem credible somehow. Just some in my spirit. But it was very popular. People, there, were a lot, there was a lot of, of this going on. Well, confession began to become almost a means of judging people. Because everybody was listening to what everybody said. If you, if you, if you said, oh, you know, that thing like to scared me of this. Oh, now, you know, you're speaking doubt and unbelief. Well, you know, take care. I'm not taking any care, brother, because Paul said take care. You know, Jesus said don't take any care. Well, that's not what that means. That means be careful. Oh, well, I'm not going to be careful because Paul said be careful for nothing. But that's not what that scripture means. And you had what I called confession cops. Everybody was listening to everybody and, and, and you know, and correcting one another and calling one another down and... and uh, it, it got out of hand, and confession, because of that, it, people soured on confession. And so the, the truth of confessing the Word of God began to, began to wane, and has waned a long, long time ago. You don't hear much about it anymore. But we read in, in uh, Hebrews that we're to hold fast our confession of faith. Isn't that right? Well, what, what you should be doing to keep you from getting off into error is speak the word of God over yourself. Have scriptures that you feed on and that are, that are important to you, that mean something to you, and say those things about yourself. And so, you know, I, I just have a list of scriptures. And so, you know, as I feed on these scriptures every day, I will... I will uh, read them and I will meditate on them and then I will say things about myself in light of the scripture. These scriptures inspire me and they inform my confession. My, my confession comes out of what I read here. Instead of just having a bunch of things that you confess that aren't connected, uh, they may be scriptural, but in your heart, if you haven't fed on the word of God, there's not life there. It becomes mechanical, it becomes automatic, it becomes really just a, a mental exercise. And so, you know, this scripture here, and so I was talking about that last week, and I'll uh, get back and just kind of bring, bring us up to speed there, and then I'll go in the direction I'm going to go tonight. I talked about five great confessions, or better, uh, uh, I, have, I put a different title on it after I typed it up, five great th- themes our confession should, should center around. And so we talked about uh, one, we talked about all of them last week, but we didn't go into the last two of them in any detail. Number one, we should, our, our confession should center around, number one, what God has done for us through Christ in his great, great plan of redemption. And I just gave three or four scriptures, and there, you know, there are many more. Uh, number two, what God has done in us by the word and by the Holy Spirit in the new birth and in the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And then number three, 
uh, our confession should center around who we are to God our Father in union with Christ Jesus. And uh, number four, and, and, and we gave scriptures on all of these. When we got down to number four and number five, we, we just we ran out of time. And I gave them to you and didn't, and didn't give any uh, scriptures to back them up. N- uh, number four was what Jesus is presently doing for us at the right hand of the Father, where he ever lives to make intercession for us. Well, when you feed on the word of God, like it said right here, he said, give attention to the word. And that's something that we have to do every day. We should, we should have a time every day where we give attention to the word and then keep our attention during the day, keep coming back to the word of God. What does the word of God say in every situation? He said here, give attention to my words and incline your ear to my sayings. In other words, you have to be, you, you have to, if, if you don't incline your ear to God's sayings, they won't do it on their own. Your ears, will t- your ears will follow whatever you're hearing around you. And there's a lot of stuff going on around us and a lot of things that, that, that we see and that we hear that aren't inspired of God. They're not according to the word of God, but they're so prevalent that if you don't make a decision to in to, to, what does it mean to incline your ear? Give it, well, what does it mean to give attention to his words? Well, it means pay attention. I, I heard Keith Moore saying this the other day, and I thought it was real good. He said, you know, I'm up here in front of you, and I'm ministering this morning. He said, I guarantee you, you could ignore me. You could have, and I, and I know my congregation it's, how many of you have been in church on Sunday morning and, you, and I've been up preaching? Your mind's been somewhere else. You weren't, even, you weren't even listening to what I had to say. I'm right up here in front of you. And you're thinking about something else. You can, you can pay attention to what you want to pay attention to. I mean, if I'm up here in front of you walking back and forth teaching and preaching and you're not even listening to me, you're thinking about something else, you can sure do that to the devil. You can, you can think about something else other than what the devil's saying. You absolutely can't. Well, I can't help it. I know you can because I see you in church. <laughs> and I can see from the expressions on your face. I dare not call on you because I'd, I'd embarrass you. You'd go, what, 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 what? <laughs> Amen. And he said, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. So it's, it's something that you have to be feeding on. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Why? Because they are life to those who find them. Now, the word find there is, is a stronger word than, than it's in, uh, translated here. It literally says, for they are life to those who seize them. It's like the parable that Jesus talked about, the, 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 the man that, that went out and found the precious, the pearl of great prize. And when he found it, he laid hold of it and he hid it for himself. And that's really what, what's in the Hebrew word here. They are life to those who find them. Just, just listening to me or listening to, to your TV preacher or, or uh, you know, just reading the Bible. You can read the Bible and your mind be a hundred miles away. 
You can read three, three or four verses and you can stop and say, well, I don't even know what I'm reading. I've been, talk, I've been thinking about my grocery list. Here I am reading the word of God. He said, the words are life. His words are life to those who lay hold of them, who seize them and hide them in their heart and their health to all their flesh. Now, life to those who find them, that, that covers anything in life. God's word is life, it's health, it's wisdom, it's encouragement, it's inspiration, it's direction, revelation, prosperity, security, authority, boldness. God's word will be all of those things to you if you lay hold of them. And he said, and, and uh, it'll be health to all of your flesh. One translation says, the Jerusalem Bible says, health for the entire body. You know, uh, these scriptures that I uh, put together, and some of you contacted the office and, and asked for the download of this, of this uh, uh, five great confessions or themes. They're not all about healing. Matter of fact, I don't know maybe if any of them are precisely about healing but they'll all bring healing because they all tell us what belongs to us what God's done for us for instance in number four you know what Jesus is presently doing for us at the right hand of the father where he ever lives to make intercession for us you know Jesus is our high priest and he's at the right hand of the father and he's our intercessor but he is also our shepherd the, Bible, the New Testament calls him the good shepherd. Jesus said about himself, I am the good shepherd. The Bible calls him the great shepherd. Amen. The Bible calls him the, the chief shepherd and bishop of our souls. Glory to God. And so, you know, one of the scriptures I have uh, here under this, under this particular uh, point is Psalm 23. Let's go over there for just a minute. Psalm 23. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, this is such a short psalm. If you look at all the, all the chapters, you know, in, in the, in the uh, book of Psalms, this is only six verses. And I dare say this is probably the most quoted psalm of all of them. The Lord is my shepherd. Glory to God. I tell you what, when you start feeding on these things, what they will bring you into, they, these, what, when this word gets down in you, it will reach out into every area of your life. The Lord is my shepherd. Well, if you know anything about shepherds, you know, in, the, in, in a natural shepherd, a shepherd is someone who has been given charge, uh, the charge of caring for the sheep. He looks after the sheep. He feeds the sheep. He cares for the sheep. He will lay his life down. A good shepherd will lay his life down for the sheep. He protects the sheep. He guides the sheep. Well, you know, we have, we have earthly pastors. I mean, God called me to be a shepherd. But I, I'm an under-shepherd under Christ. But the Lord is my shepherd. And he's your shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. He, it, it makes all the difference in the world when you interpret this personally. 
He may be the, he may be your shepherd. He may be a million people's shepherd, but he's my shepherd. And if he is nobody else's shepherd, he's my shepherd. If he's not the good shepherd to anybody else, he's good to me. If he's not true to anybody else, he's true to me. Oh, glory to God. So you start feeding on the word of God and it it will begin to transform the way you think. And when your thinking becomes transformed, your talking will be transformed. You won't have to have confession sheets to remind you what to say every day. You'll have the word of God on the inside of you. And when your thinking gets straightened out, your talking will be right. And yes, we are to boldly maintain our confession, but it comes from inspiration from here. It comes from the life that's in this word. Oh, glory to God. He said, he said, you put my word in you and it is life to those who find them. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I shall not lack. Now, it could, it could have said, the Lord is my shepherd and there is no want. It could have said there is no want. And that would almost say the same thing, but not really. I shall not want. I shall. There's a declaration of faith right there. Oh, glory to God. I will not do without. I will not lack any good thing. Now, the lions hunger and lack. But those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Oh, glory to God. That, well, what kind of good things does that cover? Well, any good thing you need. I will not lack for healing. I will not lack for wisdom. Pastor Angela needed wisdom. She didn't like for wisdom. Glory to God. Because the good shepherd. Now remember in talking about the Holy Spirit, it's the Holy Spirit who takes the words of Jesus and the counsel of Jesus. The Holy Spirit is Jesus' personal representative on the earth today. And so everything Jesus is, he is to us through the person of the Holy Spirit. Oh, how important the Holy Spirit is. I pity people. Christians who who go to church and never know the power of the Holy Spirit, the personal relationship, his daily counsel, his daily wisdom, his daily inspiration, glory to God. When you face things and you don't, you don't know what to do and it looks like the devil's just kicked you down and, you, and you're sad and you're dejected and you're, oh, what am I going to do? Oh, glory to God, the Holy Ghost can take one word if you put it in you and transform you. I mean, turn you around, shake you up, glory to God. And people have no idea why, what's going on in your life. How in the world can you possibly have such a countenance, have such joy? It's because of the Lord, my shepherd, glory to God. I'm not going to do without anything. If I see my brother over here has something, I see his sister over here has something, it's good. I'm going to have it, glory to God. Yeah, he's my shepherd just as much as he is anybody else's. Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. I will not lack. I'm not going to lack. I will not take lack. I started saying this last year. Some people are lactose intolerant. I'm just lack intolerant. Glory to God. I'm just not going to have lack in my life. I'm not doing out of the blessing of God. I'm not doing out without. I'm not doing without his provision. Oh, glory to God. See, this, this is how your confession gets activated. By getting the word of God in you. Until you get so excited and it burns inside of you so much that you can't help. You can't talk wrong. You don't have to try to watch your confession. It's just flowing out of you. Praise God. 
He makes me to lie down in green pastures. Woo, well, what, 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 what does a sheep do? What are the pastures about? It's where he feeds. Green pastures is talking about feeding. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Well, a sheep, a sheep doesn't lie down in pasture unless it's safe. The, the idea, the image here is grass so tall that the sheep can lay down in it and they're completely surrounded by it. And it's green, ten, I think the margin says tender. Is that what it says? Do you have a, a note in your Bible? Yeah, green pastures, what does that say? I'm trying to find pastures of tender grass. You know, the sweet word of God. A sheep, when a sheep lies down in green pastures like this, he can just eat to his heart, heart's content. He doesn't have to be concerned about reaching over and taking a mouthful and getting sand and gravel because it's just lush green food. Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. Have, have you enjoyed the word of God like that today? Have you fed on the word like that? Have you been conscious of the fact that he's making you lie down in green pastures of plenty of revelation, plenty of truth, plenty of knowledge and wisdom? Oh, glory to God. He leads me beside the still waters. Now, I've read that sheep get agitated when they're around running water, like streams and rivers because of the sound that it makes and it disguises other sounds that are around them and they can't hear predators and it makes them very nervous. And they can, and, and, and sometimes sheep uh, can, can get close to the bank and, and then fall in the water, slip in. So they're just very nervous around, around moving water, but they like quiet water. They like still water, glory to God, where, it's just, where they can just drink to their heart's content and they're not afraid and the shepherd's always watching and he leads them there. Oh, glory to God. He leads me beside still waters. Does he lead you there? Oh, glory to God. He restores, he, he, he leads me beside the still waters and he restores my soul. Glory to God, refreshes me. Well, when, when, when you start feeding on, on the word of God, this is just one example. All of these scriptures are the same way. As you, start, as you start meditating on them, they start growing on the inside of you. Oh, glory. He leads me in paths of righteousness for, for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk, I love this verse. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. It's been, it's been observed that it doesn't say I live in the valley of the shadow of death. Or I'm, it doesn't even say I'm camping out here. As I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Now, people read this at funerals. And they think this is talking about physical death. When, when a loved one has passed away, they'll, they'll read this passage and say, Yeah, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. It's not talking about physical death. We're, we are in this world. There is spiritual death all around us. And we walk. We walk with the shadow of death all around us. But like I read one time, anytime you see a shadow, just remember there's light somewhere. 
There's light somewhere causing that shadow. Glory to God. You see, there, there might be things that the enemy throws up in front of you that can cause a shadow to be cast in your life. But just remember, there's light. Glory to God. There's a, you just keep on walking. If you walk and just keep on walking and don't pay attention to, you know, uh, the, shadow, the shadow of a dog never bit anybody. The shadow of a sword never, never pierced anybody. Amen. Shadows are harmless. And so we just keep on walking. I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I'm not camping out here. Glory to God. I'm on my way. Amen. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I will fear no evil. I've had a lot of evil present itself to me over my lifetime. I've had times when the enemy painted me pictures of my certain demise. <laughs> and, you know, if we're not careful, we're, we can be troubled. We can become more troubled over things that aren't troubled than things that really are troubled. How many times have you gone to bed at night just troubled about something and just about something that's going to happen tomorrow and you don't know what to do, it's going to be terrible. And when it comes, it doesn't even turn out to be bad at all. You think, now, why in the world did I waste all that energy being troubled over this? It didn't even turn out that way. Our, our fears are often worse than, than, than they really should be. And so we can make the decision, I will fear no evil. Oh, glory to God. Woo, I might just run. They, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Now, that's a good confession right there. Amen. And see, when, when, when evil comes, when the threat of darkness comes, when the, when the words of the enemy are louder than anything going on around you and you, and you just hear him talking, I've been, there have been times when I've spent night after night after night and the devil just hounding me with thoughts. You're going to die. 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 Night after night after night. My wife is sleeping. I'm not sleeping. The devil's hounding me. Just and so I just determined I'm just going to start laughing at the devil. I mean, I can lay there and be afraid or I can lay, lay there and be glad. And so just to keep from disturbing her because she's trying to sleep, you know, and I couldn't sleep. I just, for, for several months, I just got up and went in the other bedroom. And, uh, you know, at night, most nights, I just lay there in, 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 in the bed in the guest bedroom and just laughed to myself. I didn't feel like laughing. I felt like doing anything but laughing. And it, and it wasn't a very, it wasn't a belly laugh either. It was like this, ha, 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 ha. I will not fear. I will, I can tell you this, months of this, I never accepted fear one time, not one time. I never accepted fear. Now it was a battle and I, you say, well, I don't want to, I don't want to have to fight something for months. Well, I, I never have since then. You don't normally have to do that, but I tell you what, the devil will find out just how much what you're made of. He'll find out, are you going, do you really believe this or not? And so I just laid in bed and just laughed. I'd laugh for a while and then I'd praise God for a while and then I'd laugh for a while and then I'd praise God for a while. Then I'd look at my watch and the three minutes had gone by. <laughs> I tell you, the night can be long. The night can be long, but I tell you what, 
uh, I, I, I would do it for hours, hours and hours, night after night. And I'd usually do it two or three nights, and then about fourth night, I'd sleep all night because I was worn out. And you know, the devil would be right back. But I tell you, I, I just made up my mind. If he's coming back, I'm coming back at him. It's like with your kids. You can't let your kids win. Amen. Somebody need to hear that. You don't, you can't let your kids win. And a parent knows in disciplining their children early on, if you, your children will find out what you're made of, they'll find out, are you going to really make them behave? Or are you just going to say it once or twice and then give in? And sometimes you just have to, I, I know one, one person came to Angela one time that when her children were little, little and she was crying, she said, I don't want to do it. I beat my kids all day long. I don't know. I just, it just breaks my heart. All I do seems, it seems like all I do is just beat my kids. And just said, you have to win. You can't let them win. This is not going to last forever. They're all serving God today. Amen. Amen. I know a lot of people don't believe in spanking, but they don't believe the Bible. Amen. Praise the Lord. The Lord is my shepherd. I might walk through the valley of the shadow of death, will I? but I will fear no evil for you, Lord Jesus, are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Glory to God. A shepherd carries a rod and a staff because sometimes he has to, he has to be stern with his sheep because sheep can be uh, uh, a little hard-headed sometimes. And sometimes we are hard-headed. And the Lord has to, has to straighten us out. I, I learned a long time ago in dealing with... Now, now I grew up, you know, before I... Became, I, I grew up in a, in a traditional Pentecostal church. And we had a pastor that would, uh, you know, he would baby people. And if somebody was mad, you know, he'd go to them and he'd talk to them. And that was kind of the accepted way. That's what pastors are supposed to supposed to run after people and pat them on the back and tell them it's okay. And, and uh, uh, you know, uh, but I, as, as, a, as when I started pastoring, I just couldn't do that. Now, if somebody is going through a test or a trial, I, I will be there like spades forever. I mean, I'll just be there. But when I know somebody has an old carnal attitude, and, they, and this is about the sixth time they've been around this thing, you know, and they're just, they're just determined to have a bad attitude, and they're going to stay out of church, they can just stay out. Now, I know that's not pastoral orthodoxy. <laughs> but Jesus said it's enough that the servant is like his master. And I notice that when I get a carnal attitude and I get a stinky attitude, Jesus doesn't come around buttering me up. Oh, son, it's okay. You just, you just come on back. That's not what he does. As a matter of fact, he doesn't, he doesn't say anything to me. He leaves me flat alone in my carnality. And if he does say something to me, it's not good. I mean, I don't, it doesn't feel good. He doesn't come with warm, kind words. He, if he does speak, he corrects me solidly. And so I've just found out that's the best way to care for his sheep. Just do what he does for me. Amen. And uh, I don't know how I got off on that, but that's okay. <laughs> Glory to God. His rod, that's what it was, his rod. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. If you, if you let the Lord deal with you as a son and bring correction into your life, it will profit you. 
But if you don't put up with correction, listen, all of us have to be corrected. I have to be corrected. The Lord has to correct me. And if I allow him to correct me, it bears good fruit. It bears the fruit of sanctification. It bears the fruit of wisdom and growth and, and, and maturity. But if you don't yield to correction, when the Lord's speaking correction in your life, sometimes it, it's, it's pretty strong words. Well, praise the Lord. It's good, good to be exercised by the rod and the staff. They're a comfort. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Glory to God. It's, it's one thing to have uh, food in the midst of, of, of famine, in bad circumstances. It's, it's good to have your provision. But it's another thing to have someone just put on a banquet for you. Just prepare a feast for you. He says here, he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Glory to God. Most people, most people don't, are not relaxed in the face of their enemies. They really don't want to eat. But when you see, when you're, putting your, when you're putting this word on the inside of you, glory to God, it changes everything. He'll prepare a feast for you right in the midst of your biggest nightmare, your biggest problem, your biggest challenge. Oh, glory to God. Sometimes, sometimes it's not the feast you want. <laughs> sometimes it's spinach <laughs> and asparagus and cauliflower or something else you don't, collard greens, something else you don't like, okra. I'm trying to think of the things I don't like. <laughs> I'd like the feast to always be mashed potatoes and fried chicken, but it's not. <laughs> He prepares a table before me in the presence of my, of my enemies, anoints my head with oil, my cup runs over. Oh, glory to God. Surely, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my long life. Surely, surely, surely. You can, you can, you can get revelation out of one word, surely. Without a doubt, without question, no other way to have it. Surely, oh, glory to God, goodness and mercy. Goodness is sometimes it, it, we need goodness, but sometimes we don't deserve goodness. But we have mercy when we don't deserve it. Amen. Surely, I'm so glad goodness and mercy have followed me because I've needed both. And it says right here, and I say this, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Glory to God. All the days. All the days of my life. All the individual days. Every Monday. Every Tuesday. Every midweek. Every weekend. All the days of my life. Oh, glory to God. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know, I'm in the house of the Lord now. And I'm not talking about this building. I'm in the house of the Lord. I'm in the body of Christ. We're in the house of the Lord. And we're going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Oh, glory to God. Now we see as through a mirror, we see a reflection but the day is coming when we're going to see face to face. 
Ooh, I just had a, an uncle who went home to be with the Lord yesterday, 93 years old. The last of my father's generation of his brothers and sisters. Lived for God all of his life since he was a kid, I guess, you know, wonderful man. And, and I wrote my, my cousins, his three kids, you know, and I said, I know this is hard for you, but right now he is experiencing such wonder and splendor and, and you just cannot imagine what he's experiencing right now. And I know people always say this, and it always just kind of, I just wonder why people say it. But I say, well, you know, so-and-so died. Well, he's with mama. He's with his wife now. And he's with, oh, I tell you what, I, I know mama's important. I'm looking forward to seeing her. I'm looking forward to seeing my daddy and all my relatives and all. But there's one person I'm looking for, first of all. Glory to God. I'm looking for the one who went to the cross for me. Who My shepherd is who I'm looking for. Glory to God. And after maybe a couple of millennium, I'll get around to my mama. Glory to God. But I'm going to spend time with Jesus a long, long time. Thanking him and just letting it, just experiencing what I've seen in a mirror. I'm going to see the full reflection of his glorious face. Oh, glory to God. Ooh, hallelujah. I'll dwell with the Lord forever, it says. Forever we will be with the Lord. We're going to be caught up and forever we'll be with the Lord. There's nothing this life can dish out. 2020 has been a crazy year, but it doesn't matter at all because it nothing, Paul said, there's nothing in this world can separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. Death, life, Angels, demons, things present, things to come, coronavirus, craziness, nothing can separate us. Glory to God. No matter what happens in this world, we have one. Oh, oh, praise God. Glory to God. Well, I had three things here and I didn't get to them. Life, the word of God, let me finish up. The word of God is life to those who find them. And then go with me over to Psalm 118, 119, Psalm 119, praise God, and look at verse 130. You hear me say this a lot of times when I preach. The entrance of your word gives light. The entrance of your word gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. When I read that, I always think, praise God, even that even applies to me. Glory to God. The, the, the word simple there really means simple-minded. Just ordinary people. And I think, you know, I might not be the sharpest tack in the drawer, but I tell you what, it, he gives me understanding. The entrance of his word can even give me understanding. He can even make me intelligent. He can even make me, it can even give inspiration and direction to me. Yeah. Oh, glory to God. That should encourage some of you like it does me. Yeah. Amen. The entrance of your word gives like notice the word light doesn't come from the word till it gets in you. Light doesn't come from the word until it gets in you. It's the entrance of your word. That's that letting the word uh, uh, be what you see. Let it be what you hear. Incline your ear. Keep your eyes on it. Look into it. Feed on it. When that word gets on the in, gets to the inside of you, direction will come. I know Pastor Angela was struggling a, uh, a week or so, about a week ago. You know, I just don't know what to do. I could tell, you know, she was under so much stress and just, you know, the weight of this. And, and I was praying for her. Lord, I know there's light there. 
And as she got into the word, light came. Some, there was a ray of light came to her. She picked up the phone, made one phone call, changed everything. Glory to God. Hallelujah. The entrance of the word gives light. He gives understanding to the simple. And not only that, go with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. Verse number 13, Paul was writing to the Christians here, you know, that had, uh, he had come to this town, you know, the city of Thessalonica and preached the word to them and, and uh, raised up this church. So writing back to them, he said, for this reason, we also thank God without ceasing because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God. The word of God. What I'm, what I'm telling you tonight is not the word of man. This isn't my word. It's the word of God. He says, when you, when you heard the word from us, you welcomed it, not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God. Now notice, which also effectively works in you who believe. I think it's the Amplified Bible. I have this written down. Does anybody have an Amplified Bible? Does it say works at superhuman power? Supernatural, Supernatural power? Superhuman power. Ooh, glory. The Word will work at superhuman power, but again, it doesn't work it outside of you. It works it in you. It works at superhuman power in you, as you believe it. Oh, glory to God. Praise God. Thank God for the word. Confess what the Bible says about you. Take the word of God, put it into your heart on a regular basis. These days, it's just too easy not to. There's no excuse not doing it. You can go online, you can copy and paste verses of scripture from hundreds of translations possibly, you know, I mean, just it's just too easy to do. Say, well, I don't have a computer. I'm older. I don't have it. Well, somebody you know does. And write out some scripture verses. Tell somebody, ask a friend, say, put me some scripture sheets together. It's too easy to do. Glory to God. No excuse. God has blessed us with so much. And we've just scratched the surface. Because we're on a journey. We're walking through the valley of the shadow of death. And I just did not, I, I had to learn as a kid not to be afraid of shadows. And that, you know, that's a lesson every child has to learn growing up. You can't be afraid of shadows. I felt like I said earlier, I've had a lot of shadows cast over me in my life since I've been, I'm talking about in my adult life since I've been walking with the Lord. I've had a lot of shadows cast over me. But I know I'm walking through and I know I'm going to my reward and just like those who've gone on before me, who are now in the presence of the Lord, that's where we're going. See, the Bible says that while we're at home in the body, we're absent from the Lord. Paul said, I would rather be absent from the body and present with the Lord. We talk about people that have gone to heaven. We say, well, you know, uh, you know they've gone. You know, they, they're missing. You know, they've gone on. No, we're the ones that are missing. They're home. 
We're the ones that are away from home. We're the ones that are, that are out on furlough. We're the ones that are away. <laughs> Glory to God. We're going home one day. That's not anything to be upset about. That's something to be glad about. Glory to God. I, I, you know, of course, I, you know, I, I'm not around my uncle that much. He lives in Jacksonville, so I don't see him that often, you know, a couple times a year. Uh, so I don't, I'm not going to miss him like his kids are. I understand that. But it, takes, it, it, it provides great comfort when you know that he's in the presence of the Lord. I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Glory to God. Well, we're all on our way. We're all on our way. Oh, glory to God. Well, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I went over a few minutes last week. Tonight, I'm going to stop a little ahead of time. How about that? I'm going to pay you back a little bit of that time. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Glory to God. Put the word in you. Speak it. Speak it. Find scriptures that, that cover your need in life and feed on them. Talk about them. Let them frame the confessions that come out of your mouth. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Does anybody need any prayer tonight for anything? Glory to God. Everybody good? Hallelujah. Well, God is faithful. We started out tonight singing about his faithfulness, and he is faithful, ever faithful. Praise God. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.